Hello everyone, you're listening to the Fun Book Diplomacy Podcast. Uh, I'm currently in Portland, Oregon. uh, I arrived yesterday and spent a night at a couchsurfing host's house. Uh, Very nice people. Uh, But I had a really weird dream. Um, I was woke up, this is my dream, I woke up, I was ready for the day, uh, and I, it was kind of weird, I looked on the table, or in the kitchen counter, and there was, uh, some sort of dish with peppers, um, so it looked like dinner had been prepared, and I said, wait, wait, that's, that's kind of strange, that's cool, I'm a little hungry, but it's kind of strange, and I look outside, and it's dark, and I said, okay, that's, this, that's strange, I'm going to check the time, so I checked the time, and I said, it's, it's, it's 10.08, um, that might be an okay time to be up in the morning, but it's dark outside, and then I see it's, it's, it's 10.08 p.m., I said, fuck, I look at, I look on my, uh, on my messages, and I have all these messages, uh, from, uh, the person I'm traveling with, and she said, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be ready this, and then, uh, is everything okay? But that was hours and hours ago, and so I was just sitting there confused, and uh, then my couchsurfing host comes in, and it's super vivid. And I said, no, wait, this can't be right. I'm going to actually wake up now. <laughs> so it was kind of like Inception. It was like I woke up, and then I woke up again, and it's the first time that's happened, I think. Um, and I'm glad I handled it all right. Um so I turned back over and thought about it for a second, but yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm really excited to uh, explore Portland. I, walking around the downtown area it was kind of like I was walking around in a movie set because I, I watch uh, Portlandia all through college and, and even in the latest seasons. So it's kind of surreal that I'm actually here. Um, but yeah, uh, if you guys are out there in the city of Portland, happen to be here at the same time, uh, let me know, we'll come, I'll come say hi, and it'll be a great time, show me what's cool. Anyway, uh, let's get plugs out of the way, and jump into this week's episode. Um, first things first, as always, you can use my Amazon link located on funbookdiplomacy.com. On the right-hand side of all my pages, you'll see a, a little box for my Amazon portal. I click on the link in that box bookmark it, use it anytime you buy things on Amazon. No matter what you buy, uh, Amazon gives me a small cut and helps me keep things going on my end. Uh, Also, you can go on my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash funboatdiplomat, and that uh, is a platform where creatives can receive uh, pledged uh, pledged uh, funds, um, for example, for me, it would be ask something like a dollar an episode would be great um, if you like my show enough to pledge a dollar an episode. Anyway, this week's episode is with Lars from Norway. Let's get into it. of the Fun Book Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Lars Brecken. Welcome. Pleased to be here. How are you doing this morning? We had um, a, we had a, we, what we did last night was we had a few beers and watched Forrest Gump. 
until just until like late, very late. So we're feeling. I don't know how we're feeling. How, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm very good because I chose to leave the movie at eleven thirty and then go and rub myself in lotion. <laughs> at what point in the movie was that? I don't remember. Um, just after he had given away half his money from Bubblegum Shrimp to, uh, to Bubba's mom. Bubba's mom. <laughs> yeah, because Bubba Bubba was the founder of Bubblegum Shrimp, it's so true. of course his mom would need <laughs> all that money. Yeah. What, what a great film! Yeah. Yeah, do you want to introduce yourself to the podcast audience? Really yeah, quick? real quick. Uh, my name is Lars. I'm 29 years old. I'm a teacher from Norway. Um, come here to the U.S. this summer to mainly go camping. Mm-hmm. I spend three days now in San Francisco living at the hostel where Wayron works. And he seems like a really cool guy. And <laughs> we you. started talking about taxes and politics. You had that within, book about... Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? The communists and yeah, I have with me. It's called Ma- Mao My Mao. <laughs> it's a reference to an Astrid Lindgren uh, novel okay. about the rise and fall of the hardcore Norwegian Communist Party in the seventies. Mm-hmm. The party was born in nineteen sixty eight and was pretty much dead by nineteen seventy eight. Came and went really fast, but got a lot of traction in Norwegian politics. Well, never got elected to anything. But they were very noticeable in the uh, the, uh, the discussion uh, around politics. Yeah, we'll get back to that yeah. in a second. But uh, what what is the sort of history of of Norway? How it's different from the rest of the Scandinavian countries because it's not part of the EU and it has, no. it does its own economic yeah uh, uh, things. It traces back to that Norway, the, the Norway we have now is a very, very young nation on, an, on a very old continent. Most countries in, especially Western Europe, trace their history back several centuries as independent nations. Except for, of course, Germany and Italy, who are younger than... Unified later. Yeah. Um, Italy was founded in the 1890s and Germany in 1871. But Norway didn't properly become a country on its own, with its own standing in the world, until 1905. From up and, uh, from 1814 to 1905, we were in a union with Sweden, and just like, uh, similar to what Scotland and England has today. Mm. Uh, Who was Scotland? Norway? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we were Scotland. Because uh, we, before 1814, from... 1536. I'm a history teacher, if you're wondering. So, that's great. I so history. that's why I know a lot attention. of these, uh, the, the years. But 1536 to 1814, Norway didn't exist. We were a part of Denmark. Because for 200 years, everyone who had any power in Norway just fucked everything up. The Black Plague. Uh, Norway went to war with Sweden during the Black the Plagues. So, yeah, that's good. Half your population is dying and you're still going to war. Everyone's going to die. So, we didn't have anything after the medieval ages ended. Norway just didn't... We didn't come out of the medieval times and the Renaissance ahead like everyone else. We weren't smarter, more efficient, more modern. We were raking out survival from northern rocks and cold seawater. And we just became a part of Denmark. 
And then we, during Napoleonic Wars, we were just like the U.S. on the wrong side, the losing side. Mm. We were on the side of Napoleon. Napoleon, and we lost. Like without question, like just from the beginning. Yeah, we were uh, because uh, Denmark and Napoleon were allies. Okay. So we lost like big, and we were given away as war booty to Sweden. But in the meantime, we managed to write our own constitution and create our own parliament. So the rest of the world pretty much said, "Oh yeah, that thing has happened now." And we wrote one of the most modern constitutions ever. We were one of the first to properly abolish slavery in our constitution in 1814. Neither the U.S. or France did at first. Yeah, there had to be some fighting in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As we, you know. Well, there wasn't that much fighting in Norway over it because... Well, uh, slavery had become... Uh, we had a really close relationship to both Britain and France. And both France and Britain at that time thought of slavery as detestable. So, already back then we abolished we didn't, We never really had slavery though. Yeah. Um, so it's not such a huge fact. We banned it and didn't change anything. But we also already back then abolished the nobility. Uh, way before anyone else. Uh, yeah, every farmer is his own master. Mm-hmm. No lords or ladies above. Mm-hmm. And now, how did we... That's going back real far. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's get to... But, uh, uh, the modern part. Uh, yeah. we're, so, but we didn't become properly independent, as I said, in, before 19, 1905. And whilst Denmark and Sweden has long periods of being quite wealthy nations for several centuries, Norway didn't become wealthy until the early 70s. We were a poor country through the First World War. We, of course, stayed out. We were piss poor during the Second World War, got our asses kicked by Germany, and the reconstruction was mainly thanks to Americans paying for it, the Marshall Plan. Yes. And when you're a really, really poor country for a long time, and but you're an advanced country with a modern uh, state and the rule of law, you the people kind of realize that you have to band together and we're all in this together. Um, and not just for times of war and hardship. Well, times of hardship is pretty much all the time. So the welfare state is a product of every Norwegian pretty much realizing on their own and banding together to to build something better because this country is too poor and too underdeveloped to do anything on your own. There's not enough infrastructure, there's not good enough schools. Uh, we ha- all have to band band together and build this, even private industry and public government. Uh, the union after the Second World War with the Labour Party was, the Labour Party was the unions and they allied themselves with the largest companies in Norway, especially Hydro, one of the world's biggest aluminium producers, if you're wondering. And yeah, that's it, they pretty much produce aluminium. <laughs> They, they produce other stuff, but that's not the, we which we sell in Africa and Asia. Uh-huh. You uh, Americans don't know about it. Uh, do we not buy it? No, you don't. You don't need to. Uh, it's it's fertilizer. You don't need to buy it. You can you okay. make it all. Yeah, the United States has it's just it's resource rich. Yeah, you don't need to buy Norwegian oil, gas, or aluminium or fertilizer. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the world, of course, buys it. So, Norway is. 
not being part of the European Union, how has that made it different economically than the, the other, uh, let's we, say, the other uh, Scandinavian countries? Really close, uh, we're really closely bound to the EU because mm -hmm. we need the free trade. You're literally attached to it. Yeah, really are attached, but it will be, if we decide to detach ourselves like, like Britain did two days ago, it will be easier. It not, will not be as hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, we have had two referendums on thinking of joining EU, and both have been just around fifty percent, fifty-one percent no. Wow. Yeah, really close both times, and uh, because people living in cities are, yeah, pro, and people living outside cities are, f no. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have the, we we don't see ourselves as city folks, even though over half of the regions live in cities. We still look at ourselves as poor, simple farmers, even though we're the richest and most technologically advanced country in the world. We still look at ourselves as simple, <laughs> simple poor farmers living just, off the land. Just farmers with fancier toys. <laughs> yeah, uh, on an average, a Norwegian farmer has like four tractors. Four. Four. Yes, I know the rest. Per person. Yeah. Per per per. Who's driving the other three? No, he has one for tilling the field, and then there's one for plowing the field, and then for shoveling snow, and a fourth one for spares when the other three are down. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, what is the difference, though? Is there a difference between how, how Norway does their uh, handles their economy as opposed to, let's say, Sweden? Finland and Denmark. Um, I know for sure Iceland does it differently. They're kind of all the way out here. Yeah. But they, but they've, they've. I, I know that they've had conflicts with. Uh, this was Scotland mm. all over. Like, yeah. We were talking about this cod, uh, mm. cod fishing rights, mm. and they, they're not being part of the EU. They don't have to. Yeah. Uh, abide um, by that. We abide by consumer rules from the EU, which is just make it simpler, mm -hmm. and make it so that we get all the stuff at the same time. They don't have to. For instance, selling this cheap-ass watch which I bought for $20 at a local store. It's made in Sweden, I think. Uh, we abide by consumer law so that everything that's sold in Europe can just be sold just as easily in Norway. And stuff made in Norway can just as easily be sold in Europe. But we are all economy when it comes to, of course, fishing. Fishing is a really important part of the Norwegian yes. economy. And we do, we do that on our own. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, we almost dictate European rules because we know how to. Yeah. We even have whaling, one of three countries in yes. the world who uh, consume whale. And in Norway you can actually just get frozen male wheat, whale meat at retail stores. Um, yeah, uh, EU centralizes and standardizes a lot of farming and we're not a part of that. Norwegian farms are Norwegian in their whole way. Yeah, they have many tractors, they're quite wealthy, but farms are really small. Um, not, much, not amount of not large amounts of cultivated land, and not many animals. A big farm in Norway, for instance, doing cattle will have just a, a little over a hundred cattle. That's a big farm in Norway. In the U.S., that's not even a farm. That's no, that's a, that the, the the authorities would come and be knocking on your door. Yeah, that, you need that, you yeah. need to get more cattle. Yeah. <laughs> There's room for at least yeah. three times as much within this pen. Exactly, exactly. They've um, I've seen. There's just videos of uh, farmers being hassled, small farmers, because yeah. they, 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 it's a priority to have uh, factory farms, yeah. massive farms. Mm. 
Yeah, we, we like to keep it small. We're starting to get into factory farming. Not what it would still be called organic farming by European and um, US standards. Would all, all farming in uh, Norway be considered organic? or Probably by American standards, I think. Some are... Not 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 all poultry farming, of course, uh, because you need a lot of chicken, chickens for eggs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think most uh, pigs and cattle will be called organic in uh, here in the U.S. if it's Norwegian. But we don't produce enough meat to for our own population, so it won't be exported. Even though we could probably sell it for a lot. Mm -hmm. So what what benefits and drawbacks have has Norway experienced as not being part of the EU? Um, we were quite, uh, over the last period of time with the financial crisis, we have been completely isolated from it. Isn't that great? No, no, it, it was brilliant. It, it was like uh, everyone in Europe are penny pinching and national budgets are, yeah, we have like 10 bucks left for this. Norway has been spending money over the last 10 years during the financial crunch like drunken sailors. Then the size of the national budget, I think, doubled. But nah, we're doing fine. We're an oil economy. Yeah, we were never tied. To yeah, all we this were shit. because we're not a part of the union. Our currency is in no way tied to the European Central Bank. Even though countries like Sweden and Denmark, who have their own currency, are still tied to the central bank, how the, to decide how much money they can print and the value of uh, their coin, pretty much. We are completely independent. So we've been riding this great wave of cash through this period of economic even hardship. Even now, even now. Well, it, there's now there's gone, Norway's starting to see the beginning of some hardship because the world's economy is recovering, and the oil price is plummeting, and we've been half down. So those together. Yeah, and because we've been we've been a stable country for production in certain advanced things during a time when the rest of the world has had a hard time, so producing advanced industrial goods is very hard during those times. So yeah, we can make that really fancy aluminum thingy. We got guys for that. Um, and cash and the stable economy to do that. Uh, when you're going through a financial crisis, that's really hard. And the oil has been really expensive, like $150 per barrel. And uh, all the major oil companies in Norway are mostly owned by the government. They run like private companies registered both, several of them are registered both at the, Norway, the Oslo Stock Exchange and the Dow in New York. Mm -hmm. But the Norwegian government controls 51%. Oof. But they run like hardcore private companies. And Nor Norway runs its state-run enterprises as a really mean mother effort of a capitalist. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm getting confused. I'm yeah. Not so, I'm not so familiar with it, because to my understanding, uh, more socialized um, economies, let's say, in that direction, uh, they don't they don't perform this well. Yeah, uh, they really do. Uh, we'll, we, a lot of, um, I think, Sweden, con uh, the government companies con uh, owned by the, uh, the Swedish government are controlled much more like government departments compared to companies by the Swedish government. In Norway, we, in the early 80s, thought, no, this ain't, this ain't working, this is too slow. So we privatized a lot of, a lot of them sold a lot of stock and we use 
uh, the exchange rate of stock to know how good is the government policy. To see, oh, it's going up, yeah, then we're doing something right. We still, we're still going to keep our 51% share to, because we're saving, the Norwegian government is saving a lot of money. Because like every industrialized nation right now, there's going to be an old man's wave, wave of pensioners within the last, right. over the last couple of uh, decades. The US isn't in that hard of a spot. You're still making kids. Mm -hmm. Norwegians are not. Northern Europe is having a huge problem. Yeah, we're having a massive problem. So we realized we had to start saving money in the, in the late night and late eighties, and so now the Norwegian government controls the world's largest sovereign wealth fund. Wow. And it is. I'm not kidding now. It's over one percent of the whole world economy is owned by the Norwegian government. In bonds and cash and stocks. Wow. How responsible of them to think ahead like this? Yeah, uh, right now I think it's at three. Th we can actually check. Uh, uh, because uh, the Norwegian government has a webpage where they keep a ticker on how much is the sovereign wealth fund worth. And it's like billions of kroners, actually billions of dollars, does ding, 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 ding. Is it counted in kroners? Or yeah, it's counted in kroners. Yeah. Um, it could be, and if, to our audience, uh, one dollar is, no, yeah, one dollar is eight and a half kroners. Okay. Uh, and let's Google it. Start dance, pensions, fund, utlan. Come on, T-Mobile. I wish I gave you my uh, the, the Wi-Fi password before. Yeah. Um, or I can use your computer yeah, here, which we have. We're really dumb right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We Here we have it. Uh, there. Actually. Uh, here it is, the website. Yeah, here it is. All right. Uh, now, it's become so valuable, It's it has to... It, they removed the ticker, I see. Okay. It's 7,083 billion Norwegian kroners. That's how much, uh, that's seven state uh, yearly government budgets, budgets. So that's a little less than a billion dollars or? No. What? I'm bad that at conversion. That is roughly, that's almost a thousand billion dollars in bonds, cash and stocks. Okay, so what are you going to do with all that money? Uh, we're not using it at the moment. Uh, actually, it used... Uh, is this all set aside for... Uh, mo yeah, for yeah. The, uh, uh, this is pensions. for pensions in the future. Uh, to pay for pensions and healthcare and uh, modernization of healthcare. And the United States must be really jealous yeah. that you guys figured this out. Yeah, we figured it out when when during the boom period of the 80s when everyone in the capitalist world was booming and someone within the Norwegian Department of Finance said yeah let's let's put something aside and with the oil uh, the money from the oil, uh, from all the oil companies and yeah mainly the oil companies we started buying other stuff for instance uh, I think it's Oxford uh, Oxford circuit in London, the big shopping street, is mostly owned by the Norwegian government. Because that's been the most valuable piece of land in the whole capitalist world for like 500 years. So, so bought it. yeah, this is a safe place to keep our money. This, no matter, the, 
this was bombed during the Second World War and it's still valuable. Yes. This is our safe place to keep your money, to put your money. We bought, we own a lot of weird stuff. We're one of the largest owners in Volkswagen. Uh, we're, the Norwegian government actually, when Volkswagen had that emission scandal, bought more. Because, yeah, it, it's going to go up later anyhow. This is a 100-year-old company making cars for that long. They're going to get through this to buy more. Yeah, so does this does this make you a believer in the, the a more socialized system? Well, I believe that as Norwegian as man, I believe that governments are governments are governments capable of doing good. Yes, of course. Are all governments good? No, that's the difference. Uh, to create a country where we pool our tax dollars together to do this. Yes, something responsible. Like yeah, this. to do a responsible thing like this. You have to have an advanced country with rule of law that has even been, even though with rule of law, it has been poor for a long, long, long time. So you have to band together. So that being fair to each other is means the same for all Norwegians. Fairness. It, Justice and fairness are all pretty much just words in politics, and they rarely mean the same thing for people uh, within a country. Fairness, at least in Norway, means the most uh, means the same for most Norwegians. So we will band together in times of hardship, and we've, it's been times of hardship for a long time. So even though we're filthy rich, we're still banding together to yeah. Let's quote Game of Thrones: "Winter is coming." Norwegians are pretty much always thinking that something bad's gonna happen. And maybe you should have something put aside for that. Went from back when we were poor farmers, and suddenly winter was really hard, and all your pigs died, or the grounds didn't thaw, and your fields didn't thaw early enough for you to sow your wheat. And so you have to put something aside. But we're still horribly rich, and most Norwegians now are just as irresponsible with our cash as. Americans. Uh, we you mean just like private citizens? Yeah, private citizens are. Okay. But we, we complain over tax. But everyone in Norway think that yeah, everything should be taxed, taxed quite high. But let's do some small adjustments so that rich people pay a few percent more and poor people pay a few percent less. And yeah. And everyone should have a living wage, no matter what you do. So Norway is a country that has living wage. Yeah, there's no standardized living wage, though. There's no rule for what the is... the the the, top, the government doesn't say no. this is what a living wage is. No, Norwegians say it on their own, pretty much. Wait, who? How does that? Uh, Norwegians will refuse to refuse to work if they don't get a living wage. But they don't. They just. But. So, no, I'm not going to do this. If I don't get this much? Yeah. From who? The government? No, uh, the, co the company is trying to hire you. But so, so that everyone's employed? Uh, almost. Uh, we have well, like 1-2% to 2 unemployment. Okay. What happens to those people? They just get a check from the government? Yeah. Because that's what happened in Denmark. I remember uh, yeah, we talking had, to somebody in Denmark. That, yeah, if you're, if you're com completely unemployed and can't get work... Because to get unemployment, you have to keep working to get a job, and you get uh, you get welfare from the state. Yeah. And can it can you just sit on your ass and do nothing? You can, but it's gonna be really bo and bust. No, 
Norwegians really like to work. Yeah, that's the sense that I got. Yeah, so... I sent this, that's the sense that I got when I was in Denmark. Just like, mm. uh, this, this kid was telling me mm. he was in school for computer science, mm. and he could, he would get just as much money from the government if he studied or if he just sat on his ass and did yeah. nothing. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, but... I have this feeling that nobody in Denmark was gonna sit on their ass and do No, it's re- because you get bored really. You really you get bored really quick, mm-hmm. and the discussion within society and meeting your friends and family. Why aren't you working? You must be bored out of your mind, and people will push you to get a, get a job. And not having a job and just sitting on your ass is ostracized quite hard. Mm-hmm. It's and this this comes with the the fairness. Yeah, uh, you're, not, culture. you're not pulling your weight. Yeah, you're not pulling the weight. And we're all in this together. We all pay our taxes. We finance our healthcare. Our we pay roads. for your welfare. Yeah, and sit on your ass. Yeah, I'm paying for your your phone, and I'm, I I have a right to be pissed <laughs> because I paid for my phone on my own. I work for that. Mm. And so, do you lean? You do lean more. On uh, socialized. Uh, uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a liberal Norwegian liberal conservative. I'm a member of. What does that mean? Of the I'm a member of the conservative party in Norway, okay. uh, the second most party to the right, mm-hmm. uh, the second oldest party in Norway, founded in 1884. Who's the super right? Super right is, they, well, there's a third one on the all the way on the right called they just call themselves the Democrats. Okay, They've sure. never been elected to parliament, and they get a few seats in certain local town councils. Like okay. in my hometown of Trondheim, there's this town council is like fifty seats. They have won. Mm-hmm. No, they actually lost it. They lost it already. Yeah, well, they lost it. La- lost day. it in the last election. Sad day for the Democrats. Yeah, the last day. And sad day for the Democrats in the, the Democrats. town. Yeah. Uh, but then you have to the right uh, to the right of the Conservative Party. You have what's called the Progress Party. I don't know why they call themselves that. That's so confusing. Yeah, Democrats, yeah. progress. Yeah, but they're the more right. Yeah, in, than but in the conservatives in Europe, where we have really old parties, and the, when they called some definitions the, have been shifted yeah, a bit. Yeah, definition have been shifted so many times, and if they have a name like the Democrats or the Progress Party, that that tells us tells you it's it's quite a young party, because the Conservative Party in Norway is called Heide, the right. We're the party to the right. <laughs> okay. So we took that name, the right, in 1884. Mm-hmm. The party, the liberal party, which was the party to the left in the beginning, are just called the left Venstre. That's what, uh, left, right. Left, left and right. Yeah, and we've kept those names. And But Labour is to the left of the left, of course, but they're just called Labour. And so you have, the party in the middle is called the Centre Party. We're in the middle, and that, they're going to stay in the very middle. Logical. Yeah, very we're logical. in the middle. <laughs> Center party, basic. We're in the middle of parliament. It's a very northern European way. Yeah, it's just it's logic. Yeah, you should center yeah. right and left. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what's the a platform for a a conservative in Norway? Um, we're still very pro government, but we don't. We really, really want to increase taxes. We want to lower them a bit and look at how we're fiscal spending. Conservatives. Yeah, we're fiscal. We're fiscal conservative. So we really like that. Mm-hmm. That as long as there's money left in the budget, save it, save it, save it, save it. Mm-hmm. And when we're going through hardship now, of course, with unemployment rising because of the oil prices, then you can take a little bit of that honeypot and use it to finance uh, stuff that you. Uh, 
which you which you really need because uh, if people don't have enough money, they start doing crime. So if people lose their jobs, it's better to keep them on welfare uh, until they get jo get their jobs back. Because if you don't give them money, they'll turn to crime, and you got a whole set of other problems, and you haven't helped anyone. Mm. Then you're spending more on police, the more on prisons, you're just spending more, 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 and realizing that was dumb. Should have paid for that guy to have some pizza. Mm -hmm. Would have solved a lot of things. So, and and the left in Norway, what how? Yeah. How, how absurd do they get? No, not really. Uh, they, you would, I would think they were absurd when they built this state after the Second World War, mm -hmm. when they massively increased government uh, authority and spending and yeah, what the government has the right to do. But now, no, the Norwegian politics is pretty much always driven by consensus. As uh, it it just seems to yeah. To fit There's a hundred and for instance, uh, where were the first country now to ratify the Paris Concordance from earliest right, day? Right, from and uh, there's a hundred and sixty nine seats in parliament, and a hundred and sixty nine uh, members of parliament voted for mm -hmm. complete consensus. Every time we do a major tax uh, change, uh, how the tax system works. It's always complete consensus. Even now, there, there's the ruling party now is the, the conservative, conservative party with the, uh, and the progress party. They only have forty percent seats in parliament, so they need support from the rest of parliament. And they're planning a tax uh, change to the tax system over the next few years. And every party in parliament has been invited to become part of this, so that it's a part of the. It's we reach a consensus for. A very important part of how Norway is going to work for the next fifty years. So the next part, if the conservative conservatives lose the next election, the or and uh, Labour comes in, they don't have to start changing the whole damn tax system because no one, no one that no one that that's favorable to no one. What then do do the sides clash on? Uh, oh, it's a lot of small things. Of small things. So yeah. it's not like. I mean, we also, in the United States, go over small things, mm. in my opinion. Just small things become big news. Headlines. Yeah, the more wealthy and advanced society you become... You have first world problems. Yeah, you can say this to every wealthy, uh, industrialized nation throughout the whole world. Things are actually quite good. Yes. Most things are quite good. A lot of things are brilliant. This is the top of human achievement ever. This Never is the best time to live. Yeah, and tomorrow is going to be even better. Yes. There are fewer people starving to death today than there were a hundred years ago, when we were when our population hadn't even reached two billion. There are fewer people starving now when we're seven billion. Yeah. So, every, yay! Exactly. But now we have first world problems where we can't find we can't find us this kind of social health care but we can find we want to finance the socialized medicine this way and they want to finance it that way and that's a big struggle even though in the end it probably won't matter as much for people but it's, it's the principles of the system well, and ideology yeah as 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 dire as it might be in comparison in the united mm. states to norway if i mean it comes down to something quite simple in the united states that which is uh if you take care of yourself, healthcare wouldn't be 
that expensive. Yeah. You, will, you still have to address health care. Yeah. But, but the government doesn't ever tell you to mm. take care of yourself. They say, we'll take care of you. And I think yeah. that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, well, well actually the government tells you to take care of yourself. In Norway? Okay. Yeah, it, it will tell Great. you. Great. It's, it has a, this is irresponsible. Great. See, why, why are we not, why are we not yeah, uh, doing this? For instance, uh, you, uh, uh, if you get cancer from smoking, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll treat you. But you're going to be ostracized for yeah, smoking. But this, uh, this, and you're going to be taxed through the skin of your teeth mm -hmm. uh, for smoking. Ta smoking is really expensive in Norway to pay for that cancer treatment of smokers who have gotten cancer. Mm. So a small pa packet of smokes is like at least $20 in Norway. So you're gonna pay. You're, um, and the government tells you you're being stupid in a lot of cases that uh, you got frost burns for going up on the mountain without proper clothing. You're actually going to be made fun of in local newspapers. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh That's my god, how dumb is this person? Of course healthcare is free when he gets injured, but he should have known better. <laughs> and the doctor will probably say to you something to tell you that you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> this is really yeah, I will you had you don't have to pay for this surgery, but you're still gonna have to go through surgery and most people don't want to do that. They don't want the there's a societal pressure not to be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> That's really yeah. great. That's really great. Because I think in America it's encouraged almost to be stupid because then you just then you then you then Yeah, you, I have insurance. I I can get injured. Then you ask for, for, for the government to be bigger yeah. and to, to to tax more and, mm. and, and spend more money. Mm. It just seems like in Norway there's mm. a societal uh, there's a societal current that mm. that that makes you just be more responsible. Yeah, yeah, it's part of this society that how you create a society and a culture of, even though with a strong government, which will help you out in pretty much any case, you are supposed to be your own master and you, you should be able to fix most things yourself. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's, I know it's very, very because, weird. Because the way that, because I, I'll I'll say that I lean more towards in America mm. a libertarian stance. Yeah, um, uh, you should be able to to be without without the pressure of government on mm. you, and you should uh, do it yourself. Mm. But in this situation, it seems like there is that there is that uh, tendency. Yeah. Mm. But but then everyone else is also in that mindset, and they're mm. like, oh well, uh, the government is actually more or less. Uh, on the same page as you, and will yeah. help you, and it's mm. uh, everyone's going in the right direct, in the same direction, yeah. rather than like, oh, there's this side, that side, and then this person's not doing the work, but there's, I and mean, then there's the three hundred thirty million of us. Yeah, so, yeah we so we much more variability. Yeah, most Norwegians are quite. For instance, let's say Bernie, who's talking about the creating this uh, utopia. Utopia. <laughs> or, well, uh, he's trying to. He's comparing it. Uh, well, like the U.S. to be more like Northern Europe, European countries. Most most Northern European politicians are quite skeptical towards Bernie, because we managed to do this over. It took a century to create the welfare states that you have in Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Great Britain, and the Netherlands and Germany and stuff. It took a century. It's really hard work and it's really boring as well. I'm gonna 
going to tell you, it's really boring because you're talking a lot about tax dollars and moving finances and how do you hire nurses and how is nursing school supposed to be and like blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of just like nose to the paper. Yeah, just <laughs> a lot of boring stuff. Oh, how should we treat this misdemeanor compared to this felony to lower crime rates so more people are working and it's a lot of, yeah, nose get to get down to work with the really really boring stuff and it takes a century and it was easy to do in Scandinavia because the countries are so small yeah. when you're talking about a federal state of yeah 320 million people yeah, the, the size the size of the distance between DC and then Sacramento for example yeah the size of a continent on its own mm -hmm. That's gonna be hard work there's so much more variability is the thing. yeah so and you can factors. then then you can say, well, you can, the Canadians did it, they have the size problem. Well, they're just 60 million, I think. And their populations, yeah. Yeah, and small. most of the welfare state is based on, the government dictates the state to do it, and the states have to implement it, because Ottawa is really far from Vancouver. Yes. So, um, what was I going to say? Um... So how, do you think it, it would have turned out differently if instead of this planned system they went with a more free market uh, um, way? Uh, we, we, rare, we really don't know. Because we were actually quite hard. Norway was pretty hardcore free market up until the 1920s. Uh -huh. And, but and we Sweden, when, how, when did they shift? Uh, 30s, 1930s, 1930s, and then literally after us. Then they went right into the the, the, the sort yeah. of planned economy. Yeah, and okay. um, but well, it's not really planned. You still respect the market. Okay. And you st and but you, you know that the market isn't perfect. Sometimes or, or well, the market is extremely fair, and that's the problem. So if you're a small poor country, the market is gonna f you up sometimes. So you have to set something aside and help for when it's not on your side and um, uh, yeah we started in 20s but our welfare system with uh, with insurance for healthcare and unemployment we started doing that already in the 1880s and even though in our 20s we were a hardcore free market we still had basic uh, welfare and then the depression hit and it hit hard and it hit everyone hard, and Norway as a small country realized we had to band together. So we, mm -hmm. everyone banded together to start creating the welfare state during the 30s in Norway. Mm -hmm. all, all parties. Because uh, I know, just in the Sweden example, mm -hmm. that uh, there has been, I've heard mm -hmm. that a lot of the wealth that Sweden currently mm -hmm. enjoys was accumulated at the time when it was uh, mostly a free market. I don't know if yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were... Uh, they were an advanced industrialized economy quite early in Europe, already in the 1800s. And they built a lot of their wealth during that time. And with that you can build a basic state with a responsible tax system. And I'm going to say it again, the rule of law. Nothing is more important than the rule of law for creating a society. And financing school, building schools and stuff. And, and of course, rule of law and education, you're, if you have both of those, those things the rest really doesn't matter that much. You're gonna get a, quite a good society. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they built that massive industrial base, and 
the planned economy came in the period before the Second World War. And the Swedes were really lucky. They stayed out of the Second World War. Right. They were, in the beginning, they were trading with Germany, and then the war switched. Then they started trading with, with uh, England. So they could just ride the wave of, yeah, we're a free country making stuff <laughs> when everyone else being, is being blown up. Depends whose side we're making it for, though. Yeah, so, oh, you need steel? We have steel. <laughs> do you need wood? We have wood. Do you, need, do you need wheat for food? Yeah, we have that. So, uh, shifting gears, you're, you mm. are a teacher, you're a professor yeah. at... Uh, uh, no, I teach, or? I'm a... Uh, uh, you have different. I, I'm just a teacher at a vocational high school. Okay, so high school level yeah. in Norway. Yeah. And uh, you teach what? Uh, history, uh, social studies, and English. Uh, most of my students will become car mechanics, welders, machinists, electricians. And what's the breakdown of, of the education system in Norway? I know in Germany they have the. They sort of branch off into. Yeah, uh, different uh, schools. Uh, all education is the same for ten years, from your when you're six to sixteen. Mm -hmm. It's called Grundskolen, standard education. Ten years. It's obligatory, and you have a right. To, it's also it's a right, and it's mandatory. Uh, you'll get your parents might be arrested by the police if they don't send you to school. Yeah, that kid. Your kid is going to school. I, I don't know. If is that, a, is that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, you ha that everyone has a right to, to an education, and it's going to be a proper education. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. it's like. Uh, if that was the case in, uh, uh, in the United home, States. You can do homeschooling. But those kids are always weird, even in the U.S. Yeah, even in the U.S. <laughs> there are the, the homeschool kids. Are just you can see them a mile away. Yes, They're homeschooling. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and then when you're 16, you split uh, between what is normal, what we pretty much call normal high school for going to college and university, which is three years, and then you have vocational high schools, which I work at, which are two-year programs. So there's basic social studies, history, and English, and Norwegian to improve your language skills and to understand your cultural standing and understand society. But they're also metal shop and electrical shop and woodworking and working with cars and machinery and yeah, all that. And also uh, pros, programs for uh, health workers and yeah, a lot of things. Pretty much anything you need people to do to keep society running um, and all that stuff. Us educated college people don't really care <laughs> we think that oh that's just that's simple no plumbing is actually really 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 hard and but really important in theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know that yeah water goes down but i don't know how they make the water go up that's what academics are yeah. everything in theory <laughs> yeah uh but and then those programs are two years and then you get two years apprenticeship hmm. uh working with so um that's something that's just not emphasized yeah. Well, hardly at all in the United States. Uh, you, it's this uh, university degree mm -hmm. in something like we can go from like chemistry, biology, mm. all the way to the other spectrum to like mm. history, political science, whatever. But that's the prize. Yeah. If you're a plumber, uh, what the fuck are you? <laughs> Even though there's more money in plumbing than exactly. anything. So what the hell? Yeah. So 
the money isn't even a draw. It's this weird power status sort of yeah, wanting a piece I of paper. I want to go to college and get an education that's really, really expensive and get a mediocre paying job. But my friend who dropped out of high school is a plumber and is earning 50 grand a year. <laughs> and he has no student debt. I got to throw a hat in the air, though. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I didn't, though. I didn't get to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't either. We don't, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have those. Why are you so sensible? That's the thing. So you've got, like, a sensible, you've got a sensible culture mm. that's all we're really, Norwegians are, this is it, we're really informal. We informal. Do, yeah, we don't like... We really fanfare. Don't, yeah, we don't like fanfare. The, the, there's one day of fanfare a year. The 17th of May, Constitution Day. Mm -hmm. And it's big. Oh, it's big. There's flags everywhere and Norwegians Get are... Get it all there. out in one day. Though. Yeah, and Norwegians are in their finest, finest, <laughs> finest, most expensive clothing. And it's just, well, it's a really, really, really big day. It's really, and there's Norwegians flag, flags everywhere. And then the next day it's back to work. Yeah. And what's the what's the level of patriotism in Norway? It's the, uh, well, our patriotism is not based around like uh, I know patriotism in especially Britain, U.S. and France is based around military achievements. Right. Poor country lost. We were were beaten in the Second World War. We were on the wrong side in the Napoleonic yeah. Wars. Yeah. Tell me if I'm right. I feel like the Norwegian patriotism is just this like humble. Uh, yeah, this is like, it's like oh, I, I enjoy these things. Yeah, I enjoy <laughs> this. I enjoy this peaceful little country, and I will celebrate it once a year. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I was watching the program on Denmark, and Denmark mm. is pretty much the same. People don't like to dress. Uh, that's what I noticed in yeah. Denmark. Was people people don't dress particularly flashy. Yeah, they, and they don't want to call attention to and themselves. Norwegians don't like dress codes at work. Hmm. No, I. An unironed shirt and jeans should be fine for most things. Mm -hmm. When there's a dress code, people are like, what? Really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's great. But, but uh, does, that sort of, that, does that sort of make it difficult to, be, to try to be unique? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, people don't have crazy piercings or tattoos. Some or have. Some, some, yeah. But, yeah, but it's not so the amount not, of like uh, I've seen in other parts of the world. Yeah, I did notice in, I mean, this is, again, mm. in Denmark and Copenhagen, even mm. though it's a big city and mm. more diverse maybe than other places, but there was not much diversity. No, not really. The streets looked the same. It was weirding me out a little yeah. bit when I was in, in Copenhagen. Mm. Everyone was dressed the same and they all looked kind of the same. And <laughs> Scandinavians looks like Scandinavians. Yes, and you can see them. Yeah, square heads and not dressed like slackers, but... I'm wearing a polo shirt and jeans. Simple. It's and simple. if you had had suddenly have a parade of 100, 100 Norwegians guys on an average Saturday, yeah, a lot would be dressed similar to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this even this hairdo. Yeah, I guess it's up to taste. I mean, it yeah. really, if, if it's mm. such a homogenized culture, then... Mm. Yeah, because I like to have some diversity. Mm. I love I love the city for it. This, uh, San Francisco is just yeah. so much. Everybody is dressed different, and mm. the spectrum is so wide yeah. that I'm not really surprised anymore mm. if I see a guy uh, naked except for a sock on his dick. That happens. Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, I was watching pictures from Gay Pride in Oslo, which was... yeah uh, In Oslo? Or? It was today. Okay. It was the uh, we had the, actually it was also yesterday but the big big parade was this Saturday today and mm -hmm. which means that day is almost over now and there were and it was actually hot so people there was just blue shirts and shorts 
for old men and simple summer dresses for all women. <laughs> like just like a normal summer Saturday, except for all the gay flags. Uh-huh. That's the that's it. So Yeah, we don't really like dressing up and making <laughs> a lot of bit we don't like making a fuss out of anything. That's great though. Yeah. I mean it's it, a, it's it's it sort of makes everything stable and mm. you, you know what you know what to expect. But maybe sometimes people don't. Like a lot it. of times it's boring. Yes. A lot of, it it is. I have to admit, and that's why I'm pretty much spending a month here in the U.S. this summer because Norway is Norway. It's the same pretty much anyway. You know what to expect. Yeah, I know exactly. If I spent the whole of last summer, last summer in Norway. Yeah. I, there weren't that much excitement in. Yeah, but I feel like that's something that is is also valuable in that because here mm. I've noticed is way too much distractions and stim- yeah. stimulations, and mm. I I haven't been able to sit down and read a book for so I, yeah. I, I like traveling because it gives me a t- like time to just mm. have a book, not so many things to worry about. Holy hell, Norwegians read a lot. Yeah, but that's great. Yeah. That's that's it's a perfect sort but of situation to do. Weird. That. One, this is weird thing about Norwegians. What do we read? What do you read? Because uh, the, the the Finns read a lot more, a lot more than us. The Norwegians read a lot, but the Finns read even way more. They read everything. They read uh, novels and philosophy and simple pulp. Norwegians are really addicted to well-written crime novels. The crime statistics in Norway is really, 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 really low. But we really like reading about... About gruesome murders, like proper <laughs> gruesome murders and conspiracies. Uh-huh. That's what we we really into that. I think Germans are the same. Yeah, uh, uh, a lot in of Germany. Them, a lot of the books. Uh, uh, on the, uh, a lot of them are written by Norwegians. Yeah, Norwe- uh, Norwe- a lot of Norwegian writers have broke uh, over the last years that have written like gruesome crime novels. Uh, Jule Nesbø, his writer, who has you can get his books in a lot of Norwegian stores. And uh, in Nor- not not Norwegian stores, a lot of stores here in the U.S. will have his books. Uh, the whole world he's broken into. Uh, he's even making a movie. Uh, his second novel, I think, is being made into a movie, which is being produced by Mar- Martin Scorsese. Which what is it? I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not the first one where he the guy is investigating a murder in Australia. It's the first novel set in Oslo. And they're all about gruesome murders. How is Martin Scorsese still alive? Okay, well, he's still really active doing it. Well, he stopped doing cocaine, so he got a few extra years from that. Okay, so it's not Silence, which is the upcoming 2016 American historical drama. Uh, I will Google it. Uh, let's do... Uh, you... Yes, Boo, Martin, uh, oh, uh, yeah, it's, he didn't direct it, but he's producing it. It's the one with uh, Michael Fassbender. It's The Snowman. The Snowman. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 been recorded recorded in Oslo, and it's about a police Nor- a Norwegian police officer investigating gruesome murders in Oslo. 
I feel like that's something that a lot of the novels are about. Yeah, and there's rarely <laughs> What's any. What's unique about this one? Yeah, <laughs> just so, the name. And then uh, they are quite. They have like these depressing novels, and it's a lot about cold. In all, is not what you as with all novels except the first one, where the character is the character is Hori Hula. Uh, then is in the in the first novel is actually investigating a murder of a pretty Norwegian girl in Australia, and then the rest is investigating gruesome murders in Norway, and they all have these depressing names. It, not the last one, the what the one before that that one was just called Blood on Snow. <laughs> yeah, murder in Oslo, and then then again, there's rarely any gruesome murders in Oslo. Yeah. What what has have have there been scholars that read, wrote about this or something? I not Norwegian yet, but someone's people. going to. Yeah, because this is so this is so strange that you can't yeah avoid writing about. Someone has to write about it. Yeah, uh, I bet your ass that someone at the university of, in Oslo and Bergen and Trondheim and Tromsø, some Norwegian professor, is studying this now uh, with the help of you, so probably from a sociology professor and a psychology professor because why does a peaceful nation like Norway in their millions read about murders <laughs> like uh, uh, just before when I flew here I was flew, when I flew from Oslo to Copenhagen and it was Copenhagen San Francisco and I walked through a bookstore in the international terminal in Oslo airport and there were piles of murder mystery novels <laughs> piles of them and people were buying going to Mallorca and Spain and Italy and the US and or Japan and Australia with piles of murder murder <laughs> novels and I'm gonna really enjoy myself this summer read about death and depressing rape and stabbing stabbings in while laying on the beach in yeah Mallorca. while laying on the beach <laughs> oh yeah I don't know why but yeah, it kind of mm. makes sense. If you sort of have such safety and stability, you want to you want to dip your toes into ooh, what what might it be like? Yeah, I, but you don't want to like... just uh, watch a murder mystery on TV an episode. Well, we really like those as well. Trust me. We did you guys get super into Breaking Bad? Yeah, like the Germans did. I noticed. Yeah, that we, and Norwegians were super into Breaking Bad, and um, we've never really. CIS never really struck that good. It was okay in ratings, but not that high because, well, they don't really get into the psych so so psychology of the murderer. <laughs> it's all this technical stuff. Yeah. It's, almost, it's mostly heady stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like. uh, we really want that. Just like, oh, it was that type of gunpowder that led in it. We don't care. I don't who care. Who is this person? I want to know what, is, what created this monster who killed his wife in his backyard <laughs> and cut the pieces in, uh, cut the corpse into pieces and spread it out in the national park. I want to know the, wh what was his life before that. Do you also, do you guys also, I don't know if you are into yeah. all this, but... No, I'm, I'm not. Okay, but, but my mom is. Your mom is. So your mom would... Uh, do, do they also get into do the, the Norwegians in general? Yeah, yeah, do, they, do it. Do the Norwegians uh, know also about uh, a lot about serial killers? This is a little bit of a different. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 really like reading about it. Yeah, because one of the greatest it's actually a graphic novel that I, I've ever mm -hmm. read. It's called My Friend Dahmer, and it's written by a graphic novelist who oh. went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, and it's it gets really deep into mm. the psychology of Jeffrey Dahmer. His mm. his his time, his upbringing, his, his uh, household mm. uh, life, and how he was treated in high school. Mm. And then afterwards, of course, he became mm. this uh, 
monster of a serial killer. Um, but I think maybe that's something, maybe that was popular in Norway. Yeah, and that was the one. But we really like kind of depressing entertainment. Oh, it is depressing. Yeah, we, we, but because uh, most of the characters in, the, in Norwegian TV shows and movies that are popular and have been made into big stuff is like, uh, for instance, a few years ago there was a movie called Headhunters, Norwegian movie. It came out in the U.S. Uh, and, yeah. that, and that was based on a Yul Nesbe novel. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, and it had Yuan uh, Costa, Valder, the guy from Jamie from Game of Thrones, was one of the bad guys in it. Is is he Norwegian? No, he's Danish. He's Danish. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he I can pl- tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's Danish, and he speaks Danish in the movie set in Oslo, oh. and every. But most characters are thieves and alcoholics and have, have had like real horrible lives and even the heroes aren't really heroes and we really like that stuff. So a lot of Norwegian, uh, a lot of American television simply gets ignored in the U- in Norway because no, this is too clean and happy. We don't care about this. That's why Breaking Bad was such a hit. It was so depressing. Really? Yeah, so this is real life. This a yeah teacher in a shitty town which doesn't pay him enough for his job so, so he makes math yeah so he makes math and his house isn't really that nice and he drives a Pontiac Aztec which is probably one of the worst things this nation has ever built <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's this, this Disney sort of uh, yeah. glossy yeah. story doesn't interest you guys yeah, we, we really like Disney movies but those are Disney movies those are you sort of see them as separate sort of abstract things yeah these those are extract things but like let's say Hollywood movies yeah those there's are no, there's not much mm. there's very superficial tension mm. yeah yeah uh, it's not like, oh my god, this person is really fucked up in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Most like, oh. movies are annoyed by the drama in American drama shows. Oh, just fucking talk together. It'll be over in like 10 seconds. Just, can someone say, sorry, I was being a bitch today? <laughs> Why don't just do that? Um, I think it, I think that's the case is that it's it's this society of such logic and order yeah. that we you need sort of... Irre- irreparable mm. fucked upness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you kind of want to solve that problem. Yeah, Norway is quite glossy and clean. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, at least from outsiders, I can see the grit, but that's why because I'm born there, born there, and grew up there. And if you study history, you would yeah, of course, you also dig up that dirt. <laughs> you have, you find the dirt. <clears throat> the book I'm reading now, it's about well, the dirt. Yeah, let's 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 do that for a couple minutes. We've only got a little bit of time left. Yeah, um, it's about. Uh, AKP, AKP, uh, the hardcore communist party from uh, the uh, late sixties to late seventies, uh, because communism never really struck in Norway. So after our great socialist revolution after the Second World War, when we built the welfare state mm-hmm. and um, the Labour Party, which was hardcore leftist before the Second World War, marched straight into quite conservative liberal European politics and became very good friends actually with the conservative party which where I'm a mem- member and a lot of people who had grown up uh, grown up in the sh- shadow of the labor party identifying themselves as socialists most of these were born after the after the war didn't feel at home in the labor party anymore and in their unions so they started their own party and their plan was armed revolution yeah. Well, Norway. An armed revolution in Norway. And 
One of the reasons why this never really struck is that Norwegians never took them seriously. Was, what the hell is this? Uh, it's a part of also born out of the anti-Vietnam movement. Mm. Because Nor- kind of like the the Red Army faction in Germany, the yeah. terrorists, they, they did they yeah, but subscribe to this. They never actually did anything. These guys, though, they were because they were a lot of philosophers and psychologists and journalists and lawyers and teachers, like talking about revolution, and it's the kind of revolution that is satirized a lot in movies. Yeah, in that they're all talk. There's no action, and these guys were all talk. They were really good talk. We got one brilliant thing out of it, though. They created a party newspaper that still exists today. And it's one of the most respected newspapers in Norway. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's called Klassekampen, which is, translates to the class struggle. And it's a political... Co- Straight from Marx. Yeah, it's, but it just comments on uh, political movement and the, uh, the political landscape in Norway. Because uh, you have... Vega and Dog Brother, they are the two biggest newspapers, all over a million readers each day in a country of five million people. That's a lot. And they're just tabloids. No one cares of reading about what they say. But this is respected. Uh, the, the respected ones, or the big ones, are often Posten, which is the conservative newspaper. Really old, probably it was 200 years old, and has those old gothic letters in the logo just to prove Still. we've been around for a long time. I think in Germany they've done away with that because that's what the... The, uh, the two oldest newspapers in Norway still use uh, gothic letters in it's their logos is. because uh, one is 250 years old and one is 200 years old. Just, legacy. just to push in the point, we've been around a long time. And the, so that's, that's the conservative newspaper and the opposite then is Krossekampen, the Klassen communist newspaper. It's more social democratic anyway and they comment really well on each other and you to understand if you want to understand Norwegian politics and what's going on if you read both of those you get you get an understanding of the whole spectrum and the complexities. And a lot of times conservatives will who are annoyed at the status quo will write in the socialist newspaper just to because I'm gonna get a lot of readers and a lot of people are who just want to write, read about political comments are going to read this. It's it is the best newspaper in Norway actually for that. So I read that's I read the conservative newspaper and the socialist newspaper almost daily because it's. But you've got two sources that just cover the spectrum. Yes, yeah, sort of it covers nice. spectrum and really responsibly, and it's responsible old-fashioned journalism, and the, they are both papers you have to pay for even on the website. Uh, because it costs. But it makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 sense. this is good. I Vega and Dog Ra are free at the website, and yeah, if I want to read about Kim Kardashian's dress or some Norwegian fashion bloggers, that's free. Favorite socks, of course, is free. <laughs> um, but if I want to actually read about good stuff, the good stuff, how yeah, how our society is changing for the worse and how it's changing for the better, mm-hmm. you kind of have to pay for it, right. and you. More a smarter and better person for it. Well, and yeah, these guys, the AKP, were all talk. They never did anything, and Norwegians mostly just made fun of them. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, it just comes off just, as the Red Army faction. But if they didn't do anything, yeah, so what what, what are you trying to do? Why armed revolution? Are you serious? <laughs> okay, I I can agree. Norwegians, we I can agree that some things are not as good as they need to be. 
but I don't need to kill police and parliament members of parliament and people of the government to achieve that. We can do this the proper peaceful way. Come on. Yeah, yeah we're, we're coming up on our time. Let's yeah. end on. Let's let's end on. Let's take care of things the proper peaceful way. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to. If you great takeaway that we in America should. should yeah, it's boring. It's not, and I'm, I know Americans love flash. Yes. It's boring. It takes a lot of time. But if you do it the boring way, that takes a lot of time. It's surprisingly cheap as well. Flash is expensive. Trying to, do, trying to change something in two years is hard. You won't achieve it, and you're going to spend a hell of a lot of money on it. And then the next person is going to come along. Yeah, and then the next person is going to come along. You just pissed off a bunch of people who are yeah, going to come along the next time. But doing it the proper way is quite boring. takes a lot of time. But it's surprisingly cheap. Kind of, um, but there's no political gain to be made, really. Uh, Norwegian do it. That's why we do it with basis on consensus in Norway. So, yeah, no one is going to do the, can put this in their great party platform. <laughs> we all agreed. This isn't an issue in the next election. Let's just get things done. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, thank you for being on uh, on the show. Thank you for giving me the opportunity.